0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new month, a new year of Nostalgia Crew, and today we are doing this while, well, at least for now, one of us is dealing with some snow. Uh, you, you, for those who don't know, I'm Bill, this is Danielle. Hello. And today, um, it's basically, for the most part, and, and we agreed to this, not too long ago, it's going to be cartoon themed for this month's show. Um, because one of the reasons is I actually recorded something on the DVR around Christmas that I don't think anybody even knew was airing. And I
1: think it might be what I was going to talk about too. <laughs>
0: So, we'll talk about that, um, and then also other, one of the things I know we're going to talk about, not right away, but one of the things we're going to talk about are the amount of celebrity deaths that we've been having recently, or since at least the last episode, which is just really scary, but. Yeah. Um... And then we'll also have our movies and albums of the month as well. Speaking of albums, I wanted to start off with this story that I found yesterday. Very interesting story. Um, of course, uh, Danielle and I, we are old souls in young bodies.
1: Amen to that. For
0: the most part. <laughs> um and for the, for the most part, neither one of us likes the current music scene, or we don't listen to the current music scene. And apparently it showed in album sales in 2015. This article is from chartattack.com. And I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to read this first. Despite the massive success of Adele's album, 25, which sold 7.4 million copies in only six weeks, 2015 marked the first time in U.S. history that new releases were outsold by catalog albums. The term catalog refers to albums released more than 18 months ago. According to Nielsen's annual year-end music report, catalog albums outsold current releases by 4.3 million copies, something never before seen in the industry. It, mm. was, it was only 10 years ago that current music sales outpaced catalog music by over 150 million albums. Now, digital sales of current albums still maintain a slight lead. But when it comes to the physical releases, basically your CDs and your vinyl records, because vinyl is still making a comeback, more people opted for the oldies. And when it comes to individual tracks, not whole albums, catalog outsold current in digital as well.
1: Wow. That is. I'm really surprised by that.
0: <laughs> and to show one of the reasons, I'm not saying this is one of, or the main reason, but one of the reasons, Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon sold 50,000 records in 2015, the third highest selling album or vinyl. Hmm. So, my question to you, Danielle, Uh is are people of our age group getting tired of what is new and are going back to the older albums, the older music, or is there an older generation or a new generation that wants to embrace the older music? Well, um, I think a lot of it
1: comes down to personal taste. Like, I've noticed a lot of people that I grew up around still tend to move towards what's current. Like, um, you know, like our friend, you know, Tony. Mm -hmm. Tony is like... Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. Jeez, he's
1: like, very cool guy. Very you know. hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he'll post about something, and I'll be like, "I never heard." Of, you know, he's like, "Get with it." You know. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it it depends on the person. Like I've always kind of, um, like, yeah, I'm nostalgic about what was around when I was growing up. But um, I also, um, when I was growing up, I was listening to oldie station, too. <laughs> So, I think it just depends on personal taste, but I do think there are a lot of i don't I wanna I don't wanna use the term hipsters, yeah, but people who tend to shun like technology, like, and they're like, it's a new thing. I refuse to do this cool new thing. So they go out and go to like your local record store if you can find them and, places and buy because there's a resurgence of vinyl happening yes there is
0: yes there is
1: and that's they go and do that and um in fact someone even told me they're like you
0: have to buy a turntable (laughs) well actually i don't know if you remember this but our very first episode that we ever did one of the topics i brought up was the day that we recorded it was national vinyl record day So, you know, you have that. Um, Plus, I also think, and I see a lot of these comments on YouTube because sometimes, you know, I'll play like certain songs on YouTube and I'll just listen to them. I I see a lot of times people of our age or even a little bit younger who prefer music from 20, 30, 40 years ago compared to the stuff that's out today.
1: Yeah, it's a good mix. And also what I'm also surprised about you saying that it's, you know, doing, it's like head to head with digital is that I'm not sure about other parts of the country, but where I am, you'd have to, it's not that as easy as it was when I was in high school to go buy an album.
0: Oh no, it's definitely not.
1: It um, Sam Goody. I remember when the Sam Goody at Columbia Mall shut down. Oh, uh, it was like the end of an era because they um, there was this store in the mall. There used to be two CD places in the mall. There was Music Land, which was the cheap one, and then there was Sam Goody, Goody. which you're like paying like. 20 bucks an album, right. basically. But, you know, and then they shut down Musicland, so you were forced to go to Sam Goody. And I remember when they shut down Sam Goody, and I was like, well, where are you going to buy an album? They said, you go on iTunes. Wow. And so I think
0: FYE and Best Buy are probably the only two places I can think of. That's offered. what I was going to say. Best Buy would, I mean, like, I have not gone to a Best Buy in years to buy, like, a physical album. hmm Because nowadays it's like you can order it on Amazon, basically. Yeah. You know, either a new copy or a used copy, and you'd get it for a cheaper price. Um, yeah. And, and, and I also think that... Another thing, and and this is nothing, you know, this isn't directed towards the the fans of today's music. I think a lot of people, and I'm just speaking in general, are so tired of the way that a lot of these performers present themselves Mm -hmm. as a person. And... Good examples would be Justin Bieber, would be Nicki Minaj, you know, Kanye West. They're just so tired of these people who are putting on a character and even, you know, some probably even think that they're fake, you know, that they're not real. And, I mean, that's how I look at.
1: Yeah. Um, And also, one thing that I'm sick of, although I will admit that there is some very good talent that has been discovered in this way, is there used to be, hey, if you wanted to be a recording artist, you went on, you went and tried to audition for a record company and you saw if you got a record deal, they put out Mountain. Now it's, you audition for American Idol, you audition for The Voice, you audition for this, you get... You know, you're on YouTube. You're here. You're, mm-hmm. and
0: it's
1: great that there are new ways to discover people. Exactly. But it's flooded like the marketplace. Like when we were kids, I, I don't know. I'm just kind of sick of seeing all these music talent shows on TV.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, American Idol's ending in the spring. The, yeah. The Voice right now is one of the top shows in television. And then you have America's Got Talent, which airs in the summer, but that's more of a variety show than it is a music competition. So I I understand your point, but I also agree with you where, you know, YouTube has been such a big thing for discovering, you know, new talent. Yeah. You know, that you don't need to send a representative from a record company to go to a show to see these guys and girls you know for the you know to figure for themselves if okay we got to sign this band we got to sign this artist so i definitely see the point
1: yeah and now you know anybody can just put their album on itunes like you well i mean i don't know the process but i do know that there used to be a time where unless you had like some sort of a record deal for some sort of company, nobody was going to hear or unless you were making blank CDs. Right. <laughs> so I think, and I think it's a little difficult, you know, there's so many more options for people and sometimes it's a good thing and sometimes it's a bad thing.
0: So yeah. Congrats Ted Although. though. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Don't get me wrong. I mean, yeah, you, you know, seven million albums in six weeks—that's pretty good. But you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I think what it is, and, and then we'll continue on, is what I what I think I'm seeing is the music industry today is being carried on the shoulders of two people, Adele and Taylor Swift.
1: Oh yeah.
0: After that it's like, okay, well, we could get this group or this person or this or that. But when you get a new Adele record out, which we did towards the end of last year, or if you get a new Taylor Swift record that comes out, or even a Katy Perry record, you know, it's like, ooh, we're going to gravitate towards that. But for everybody else, it's like, meh, you know. So... But, that, but that's how I feel, and I think that's the way the current music business is going right now. And that's why I think, you know, a lot of the older albums are getting bought. Because when we were growing up, you know, there, there could have been at any point in time 10 artists, maybe 15 artists that, you know, would be, you know... This is what the music business is on right now, is this group, this group, this person, this person. Now it's just two or three people, plus, you know, it seems like artists just fizzle out quicker now.
1: Yeah, it is. And, um, however, um, to get what you were going to, we're going to discuss in a little bit, I think there's going to be an even bigger surgence in classic album purchases due to the recent deaths of musicians because that's what seems to happen is Mm -hmm. uh, um, they pass away and suddenly their albums are, like, charting. I remember Michael Jackson. Oh, my God, yeah. And and I know that the library where I work... um, it's going to, we're probably going to be getting in a lot of, um, replacement CDs and things like that for the, um, for, uh, Gun Fry
0: and the Eagles and, um, David, David Bowie. Bowie. And, and but, David Bowie uh, just had a number one album on, right, the, on the billboard. Right. So,
1: and, um, and that's another way, that's how I actually get my music from the library and you, you can, um, I am like copy them on my iPod. I take, you know, you take the CD, mm-hmm. put it in, and um, I get them from where I work at the library sometimes just to save money because, yeah, 99 cents a song, but that adds up. It does. Just, like, and plus some of the really, really popular albums.
0: dollar $1.29. Right. Maybe but more. That's
1: how they trick you. <laughs> so.
0: So, yeah, I mean, and that's a good point. Yeah. Um. Well... Actually, why don't, why don't we talk about, um, all? it seems like ever since our last show, mm-hmm. it seems like people have just dropped like flies. And it, it started really with uh, Lemmy from Motorhead mm-hmm. passing away, and they released the autopsy uh, not too long ago and apparently he had prostate cancer and it was in- and, it, and it was a really bad prostate cancer so it was probably so far in advance that you know there probably would have been no way for them to have been able to you know do anything to mm-hmm. help him so um but that was really the first one. And then... Because um, I'm actually on our Facebook group right now. and um, I know, it's like every post that's been in there recently is RIP. I know! I know! Uh, so yeah, it, it did start with Lemmy from Motorhead. <laughs> that was at the end of December. And then Natalie Cole passed away... Which, oh yeah. to be honest, I didn't really care much about her, so all, all I knew is she was the daughter of Nat King Cole, and she did that duet with her dad of Unforgettable, and that was really it. Mm-hmm. So, no, no disrespect to her, but that's all I yeah. really knew.
1: Yeah, was. I knew her because um, 70s and 80s R&B, that's kind of my thing, mm-hmm. so... You know, whereas I did, but I didn't know who the guy from Motorhead was, but all my friends did, and I was like, you know. So yeah, it depends on you know exactly. And then,
0: and then during this same time, uh, Jason Wingreen, who was the voice of Boba Fett, I didn't, I don't, I didn't even remember Boba Fett talking in the Star Wars movies. um, Passed away. He was
1: ninety five. Oh wow.
0: Uh, Vilmos Zsigmond, an Oscar-winning cinematographer, passed away. He was 85. Mm-hmm. Nicholas Caldwell, co-founder of The Whispers, died on January the seventh. He was 71. Oh my God! Robert Balzer, the anim- one of the a- the animation director for the Beatles' Yellow Submarine movie, died. He was 88. Mm. Uh, then David Bowie passed away, which really caught me off guard because I didn't even know he had cancer. Me neither. I had no idea he was sick yeah. at all. And then uh, we had David Margulies, who was basically like a supporting actor, but he was in the Ghostbusters movies. He passed away. And then Alan Rickman passed away, and that one got a lot of attention for a lot of reasons because he was a very good villain. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, the current, you know, moviegoers will remember him for the Harry Potter movies, um, and he was the villain in the first Die Hard movie, and he was a really good villain in that Die Hard movie.
1: And um, I had just—it's really fun ironic um love actually was my um was my pick for last month's um movie
0: and he was in it and he was in it
1: yeah i'm I'm not really a harry potter fan but um i know a bunch of my friends are harry potter fans but i watched love actually almost every christmas for the past few years so Mm -hmm. basically alan rickman was like
0: my christmas tradition essentially right so and then um Brian Bedford, who was a Tony winning Tony Award winning actor, and was the voice of Robin Hood in the Disney movie passed away on the same day that Rickman died, but it was less publicized or less recognized, I guess would be the right term. Mm-hmm. And then Clarence Reed, uh who is an R&B singer known as Blowfly. I've never heard of him. Again, no disrespect. He passed away from liver terminal liver cancer. He was 76. Then Dale Griffin, who was the drummer for Mott the Hoople, which David Bowie uh, wrote their biggest hit, All the Young Dudes. He, oh. he passed away. And then, uh, about a week ago, or actually it was earlier this week, when Glenn Frey from the Eagles passed away. Mm-hmm. So, and then, uh, and you have to be like a really big movie lover. Italian filmmaker Ettore Scola passed away. He was an, Ita- an Italian director. He was 84.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And... Those have been all the deaths since we've last been on. And then poor Celine
1: Dion. Was oh my
0: gosh! Yes, I mean husband
1: and her brother, brother. like
0: within days. Of... That's just I. And, and I will say this, I, and and I think Danielle knows me well enough to uh, to know this. I am not a Celine Dion fan. <laughs> I will never be a Celine Dion fan. However, as a person, I do feel bad for Celine Dion.
1: Absolutely.
0: For for losing her husband and her brother with a matter within a matter of like 3 days. Yeah. I mean, that has to be just the worst, like, time period you can ever have. And, I mean, I I, I do feel bad for her. I really do.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, on top of all that and having to raise three kids, like, (laughs) that's just... I, I'm slightly a fan. I will admit she did have one of the most annoying songs of the 1990s. One but of the most
0: annoying songs ever. Right, it just... Ever. Got,
1: but as a, But still, from a um, sympathetic standpoint, though, that is...
0: I wouldn't wish that on anybody. No, no. No. Although, when Anna Gasteyer did... Celine Dion, <laughs> and she did the Celine Dion show.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: that was Those were pretty good segments. That so. Yeah,
1: you, you had the, <clears throat> and Celine Dion was a good sport about it and did, made a guest appearance on it, so it, you know. Yeah. She had a sense of humor.
0: Yeah. Which I can say is better than some celebrities. <laughs> and I can tell you guys, uh, when we get to our movie and album of the month, uh, my album of the month is going to feature one of the musicians who passed away during that time period. It was pretty much a no-brainer for me for this month. So, mm. um, Alright, now, the, like, like I said, the main theme for this month's show is going to be all about cartoons pretty much. And, um, now, you said you had some stuff that we didn't get a chance to talk about from last month.
1: Right, and, but it's kind of ironic because the thing that I wanted to talk about sounds like what you were going to talk about anyway, so
0: it works out. Okay. <laughs> well, why don't we do it then? Um. Okay. Well, actually, no, you know what, let me take that back. We'll get to that in a minute. Um. Okay. Because during... The time that we were off. Um, I actually recorded a couple of specials Mm -hmm. that ABC did. You know, for the holiday season. You know, because that's when you get some of those stuff like that. Great. Um, I watched the short special on ABC about Toy Story. Oh. Which I still can't believe is 20 years old. I, I still can't believe that. Um, yeah. And the story is very interesting. And my mom actually read me something very interesting that I never knew about. Mm-hmm. Um, now, everyone knows that Tim Allen uh, ended up being Buzz Lightyear. But he was not the original choice. Would you venture to guess, Danielle, who the original choice for Buzz Lightyear would have been? Oh. And I'll give you a clue. He is a comedian.
1: He is a comedian.
0: He is a comedian.
1: Uh, That's tough because I have to think about 20 years ago who would have been just as relevant as Tim Allen.
0: If it helps, he's still relevant today.
1: Oh, well, that eliminates the one I had. Um. 1995. Oh, man. I I really, I don't know who.
0: Billy Crystal.
1: That makes sense. I was trying to think of stand-up, but yeah, Billy Crystal. Who,
0: who did you have in mind? I'm kidding.
1: At first I was going
0: to say Robin Williams, but then I was like, well, no. He did the genie, yeah. But
1: at that time, though. But,
0: yep, originally the role of Buzz Lightyear would have gone to Billy Crystal. And as much as I love Billy Crystal, thank (laughs) you for not taking the role. Um, But, no, it was very interesting, and I learned new stuff about it. One of the things that I learned was when they were making the movie, Disney almost cut Pixar off on funding for the movie. Like, it came close to not even happening. So, there was that. And then they also had a special on the making of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Um... Which was interesting, and I and I knew a little bit about it from the PBS special uh, that they had on Walt Disney, like how he got two and a half million dollars from Bank of America after Disney showed a representative the film, you know, that he had at the time. Really. Mm-hmm. And how, you know. Like, he was worried the night of the opening. And then the moment he knew that he got the audience. Like, the moment he knew, you know, this movie won the audience over. And it, it was almost like, yes, we got him on uh, Disney. Man! Um, and then, you know, it ended up being one of the biggest movies of that time.
1: Mhm.
0: and it's still popular to this day almost 80 years later. Ugh. That is crazy. And you know, I've never seen the whole movie. Snow White? I- I've seen parts of it. I've never seen it from beginning to end. I've
1: seen it twice from beginning to end. Um, In the... I'm, I'm like dating myself here but in the 90s there was like a huge like early to mid 90s there was like a huge um
0: video thing release. there yeah
1: they used to um re-release a lot they were re-releasing a lot of classic older disney movies into theaters mm-hmm. and i saw snow white in theaters when i was about i'd say eight or nine years old and um they had a. And then my fourth grade class watched it one day for some odd reason. I don't know why, but <laughs> I, I haven't seen Snow White though in about
0: twenty years. Yeah, so don't I mean, ask me what else happened. To I that. I know we have the videotape, so yeah. One day, <laughs> one day I'll probably pull the videotape out and watch the whole movie from beginning to end and see what you know all the great fun was about, but. Mm -hmm. I mean, the story of the making of the movie is very incredible because Disney had this idea of, okay, we're going to do feature-length animated movies, and they're going to come out every six months. And this movie took three years to make. Yeah,
1: I had read about it because... um... I'm trying to look it up here just to make sure I get the title correct. Yeah. But, um, here we go. Okay. There is a series of, um, of books that Disney, um, has published called, um, I think it's called the golden age of animation
0: Mm
1: -hmm. or, um, Google's like giving me several different, but um, actually, hold on, <laughs> like looking this up as I'm talking, but um, it's a book. It's a um, series of books covering because you know Disney's been around for years in yeah. terms of animation, and it's covering like the history and it breaks it up into. There's um several books covering several different eras of um Disney animation, and if you get this one, we had that I got at work covers the 1930s portion Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and it has some of the um, original sketches from the animators when they were developing Snow White. Here it is. Okay. It's called "They drew as they please the hidden art of Disney's golden age. That's what it's called. Oh, okay. So if you get a chance, If you're a fan, I I actually recommend checking it out of the library because the price is a little steep, but um, (laughs) if you you get a chance, it's a really big, thick book. It's got all kinds of drawings and things, um, and it has um, some of the... um, Original And in addition to Snow White, it has the original concept art for Cinderella because Cinderella was developed in the 30s, but it didn't quite come to fruition until, until the 50s. The right. And it has what Tinkerbell originally was going to look like. It, it's a very fascinating book, so. Very. Right. <laughs>
0: yeah. Very good. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, so the, the other thing that we're going to talk about, and I think... Danielle f- has figured out what this is going to be but um, on Christmas Eve on Fox they had a two-hour special that was on opposite it's a wonderful life <laughs> on NBC was opposite the Charlie Brown Christmas special with the doc with the documentary again which we talked about. And football. Yes, there was a football game. Too, actually, there was a college game and an NFL game played on Christmas Eve. Don't ask me why. It just happened. So, when I saw this, I thought, okay, this could be interesting. Because I like, as, as I've said on many different shows, I like stats and I like lists. And this is a list... That really intrigued me. Uh, this was from the Paley Center for Media. Mm-hmm. Which I've never heard of until this special.
1: Actually, this was a re-airing. It originally aired on December 7th. They just re-aired it on Christmas Eve. Before. See?
0: I didn't know they aired this yeah, before. Yeah, I
1: know. I just happened to be... I think, like, going through... Either... Or no, I was watching... um. Something on Fox
0: and they just happen to air a commercial. That's how. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, anyways, but yeah, go on. Sorry. So the Paley Center for Media, and I'll I'll give you guys a brief description, which used to be known the Museum of Television and Radio and the Museum of Broadcasting, was founded in 1975 by William S. Paley, is an American cultural institution dedicated to the discussion of the cultural, creative, and social significance of television, radio, and emerging platforms for the professional, community, and media-interested public. It was renamed the Paley Center for Media on June 5, 2007, to encompass emerging broadcasting technologies such as the internet, mobile video, and podcasting. Ooh as well as to expand its role as a neutral setting where media professionals can engage in discussion and debate about the evolving media landscape. Now, there are two different locations to where you could go visit uh, these museums. One of them is in New York City. It is on 25 West 52nd Street, between Fifth and Sixth Avenue. The Los Angeles one is on 465 North Beverly Drive in Beverly Hills, near Rodeo Drive. See, I. Some thought I was gonna say Rodeo, but uh-uh. I called myself. So this <laughs> this list, um, was voted upon by the people. The people of the United States of America. And the counting of the votes was done by Nielsen. The group, you know, the Nielsen ratings. This is a list of TV's funniest animated stars. Basically, the 40 best animated cartoon stars of all time. Um, Now, a lot of them, a lot on this list would be considered nostalgic. And and there are a couple of current cartoons that are that made this list and we and we will get to it. So what we're going to do is we're going to go 10 at a time. All right? And I actually watched this today on my DVR. So I got this list, got it ready for this for the show today. And this is where I think we're going to have a fun discussion. Okay. So um, and of course, if you don't know who any of them are, Danielle, please tell me and I can tell you where they're from, and I, but although I think you're going to know all of them, I think. Alright, so here we go. Voted upon by the people of the United States of America, and tabulated by the Nielsen rating people, the Paley Center for Media's Top 40 TV Funniest Animated Stars. 40, Bobby Hill. 39, Rick and Morty. 38, Dee Dee. 37, Ren and Stimpy. 36, Chef. 35, Cleveland Brown. 34, Linda Belcher. 33, Randy Marsh. 32, Angelica Pickles. 31, Lola Bunny. Okay.
1: Right, who was 39? I forgot. Because 39 was the one that I had to, like, wait for them to discuss because I had never heard
0: of them. <laughs> 39 was Rick and Morty. Okay. Because <laughs> I remember
1: watching this and going, who?
0: Yeah, they're very... Like, oh, I see. Yeah, they're right now currently one of the like top cartoon shows for adults. Yeah. Um, On Adult Swim.
1: Yeah. That was kind of sort of... Even though I have laughed at several of those characters, it's just part of an example of the problem I had with the special, which we'll get into. Okay. (laughs) But you'll notice a trend (laughs) as it goes
0: on. Okay. That I had an issue. All right. Yeah. Um... No big surprises from this first ten, this first group of ten. Because we really hear, in my opinion, you are getting uh, a couple of most recent. Because I think with this list, some of them are, okay, these are the most recent cartoon characters, so they gotta be on this list.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And there are some that we're going to get to that are not on this list.
1: Mm-hmm. That I think
0: are going to surprise people. Yeah. And the position and all that. Well, let's just continue. So the next group of 10. 30 from 21. 30, Mr. Burns. 29, Yogi Bear. 28, Stan Smith. 27, George Jetson. 26... Phineas and Ferb, 25, Hank Hill, 24, Daria, 23, Roger, 22, Tina Belcher, 21, Archer.
1: See the trend?
0: <laughs> it's a lot of current stuff.
1: Yeah, that's part of it. What's At the 10, I, I, I... I applaud them for putting Daria on there. What,
0: because what, I, okay, maybe I'm missing that. What What is the trend?
1: It aired on Fox.
0: Yeah, that's right. It is a it lot of them, them that Fox. aired on Fox. So, oh, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Okay, well, let's see. <laughs> okay, King of the Hill. That's one. The Cleveland Show, two. Bob's Burgers, three. Simpsons 4, American Dad 5, and we haven't even gotten to The Simpsons yet, so there's already five shows from Fox, or FX, well actually Archer, so that's six, Mm -hmm. I I think, let me me do that count again, one, two, three, four, five, okay it is five. It is five. Okay. Very good. I, I didn't even think about that.
1: I noticed it when I was watching the special because generally, when I think of these things, I'm thinking of more classic mm-hmm. parts, which they do discuss. I'm not going to say that they don't. Right. You know. But I was like, wow, not that Bob's Burgers
0: isn't a funny show. I like Bob's It Burgers. is funny. Oh it is a gosh. hilarious show.
1: It is. It's just that when you think of, of all time and somebody like the Paley Media Center who's been around for years, you know, and you're Bob's Burgers, like I said, is a funny show, but it's not like on the, you know, an American dad, which I'm sure people forgot, haven't even realized has moved to cable. But, oh,
0: um, well, yeah.
1: <laughs> you know. Yeah, I kind of, that was my huge, I started to notice. I was like, well, wait a sec. Bob, they're certainly singling out a lot of the cast of Bob's Burgers, you know? <laughs> um, and so, but I am glad that King of the Hill and Daria are still being recognized because I really think that people should still mm-hmm. give them some rec- recognition because they were really funny shows.
0: Yeah, wait till the people find out who number one is. Yeah, again, keep in mind what network this era is. Yes, it did. Yes, (laughs) all right. Next group is 20 to 11, and this is where I think I'm gonna start having my issue (laughs) 20 Beavis and Butthead, 19 Marge Simpson, 18 Bender, 17 Lois Griffin, 16 Lisa Simpson. 15, Daffy Duck. 14, Donald Duck. 13, Charlie Brown. 12, Fred Flintstone. 11, Eric Cartman. This is where I have my issue. See? 15 to 12. You have four heavyweights of the cartoon world. Basically, without Daffy, there's no Bugs Bunny. Without Donald, there is no Mickey Mouse. Um, Charlie Brown. We talked about Charlie Brown last month, how important he is to television. Fred Flintstone is the first, you know, cartoon TV dad. How are they not in the top ten? And
1: not only that, but more and i guess it's because it aired on fox so
0: they had to go with what they had access to <laughs> well i'm not going to i'm not going to get on that one but but they did acknowledge at least with daffy and donald hey you know they were in the movies first then they transitioned to tv
1: yeah so i feel like they could have gone a little more
0: in depth but i guess when you're trying to it's two talking, hours yeah i you know Two um, hours, that, you can't get everything in in two hours.
1: Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, I, I guess so. It just, I don't know, it just felt like they were kind of an afterthought. Like, oh, yeah, let's put somebody else in here that isn't on Fox. Okay. Hmm. You know.
0: But... And and now that I realize it, there were, in total, seven shows from Fox that had at least one character in this list. Yep so yeah so yeah. Na- so now we get to the top 10 top 10 and, and I'm sure this is gonna bring this is gonna raise a lot of eyebrows and you know what instead of reading them all together in a bunch I'm just gonna go by one at a time and we'll give our thoughts uh, basically we'll give our thoughts and are they top 10 material mm-hmm Number 10, Spongebob Squarepants. No, not, no. Top, not top 10. No. You could make an argument maybe top 25, but he's yeah. not top 10.
1: No, I do think he should have been included. I agree that, you know, as much as I can't stand him, I mean, the show's been on the air for almost 20 years. You can't really... Which is kind of sad, but um, <laughs> you know, he certainly was a part of. He is very recognizable, but no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put him above
0: Fred Flintstone any day. I don't care. Plus, plus, if you really think about it, and maybe I'm wrong, SpongeBob is the last successful original Nickelodeon cartoon. For a long time, yeah. After after that, like, I guess maybe the exception for me would be Fairy Odd Parents, but yes, yeah. maybe that's the exception. But that's where the beginning of the decline is, is right there.
1: I think, Sp- yeah, SpongeBob was just on the fringe of Nickelodeon's downfall. Like, he's I think he premiered like ninety six, ninety seven. So he was uh, just. Tusk. Let me let me check real quick. Yeah, I I know he's been on for because I think um it's I know I was in high school when the movie came
0: out. So SpongeBob has been on since 1999. Oh, I thought it was earlier than that. Yep. it feels like he's been on longer. 1999. Okay. So. But- th- That's where I would say, or I would think, that's, like, the last big cartoon for that channel for a while. Yeah. And then after that, it's just, you know. Because right now, like, they have, and and I'm looking at the Wikipedia page, because, you know, everything on Wikipedia is true. (laughs) Oh, of course. Um, uh, They've been on for nine seasons. If you want to go by seasons, mm-hmm. so and, and it'll probably still be on longer. So who knows? Ooh. All right, number yeah. number nine, Peter Griffin. Uh, uh, uh. That's a tough one.
1: That is. Um, I haven't watched Family Guy in a while, so. Um, but I will admit that I have laughed in the past at it. But it, it's a matter of who was before the top ten that I have an issue with putting him above. Yeah. That's cause I mean Donald
0: Duck, for goodness sake. For God's <laughs> sake, yeah. Yeah. Um uh, I agree with you. I mean, the character is funny. For me, he's just outside the top 10. Like, he would have been 11 or 12 for me.
1: Yeah. Family Guy to me is kind of one of those ensemble shows where I can't really pick people out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, if I've laughed at it, it's because of random jokes here or there. It doesn't matter who said them. Right. So I can't really say I have a favorite character on Family Guy because I really don't. It's, you know. Mm-hmm. All
0: yeah. Right. Number eight, Snoopy. Hmm. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. that's top ten.
1: Yeah,
0: that's top ten. I I I will make that argument to the death. He's yeah. top ten. Yeah. Because if I if I'm gonna have Charlie Brown in the top ten, Snoopy's got to be in the top ten as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, you could even make them tie if you really wanted to.
0: Look at like the you, yeah. two, two grown adults talking about stupid. I know, great. <laughs> what a wonderful world, huh, folks? It's really. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just joking. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Number seven, Brian Griffin.
1: Again, it's hard to pick one up. Although, I will say this. Um, Brian Griffin, it's really funny. That's how Seth MacFarlane really sounds. Yeah. That's his real voice. That
0: is so, his like, real voice.
1: So, and you're thinking it's like him doing a character, but it's yeah. that's him talking. And whenever I see him in, talk on a, get interviewed, I'm so stunned. I'm like, oh my God. And he also, um, there's an episode where Brian Griffin does um Frank Sinatra
0: Jr. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah that's Sinatra a good Jr. episode.
1: And they form a duo group. And as a result of that, Seth MacFarlane has since
0: recorded a Christmas album with him. And it's actually very good. Yeah. I, 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 I think he's recorded like a swing album. Let me... Let me
1: yeah, the Christmas album he has is like a swing album. Because I heard... His song. I was in the supermarket and I just happened to hear a song over the intercom, um, and I thought it was from the '50s. And it's really Nick. Um, it's really Seth MacFarlane and Nora Jones. And I had no idea. I was so surprised
0: because you wouldn't know. Okay, he. Okay, I actually am looking at the Wikipedia again. Um, he has released three albums on mm. just Seth MacFarlane not Family Guy, although Family Guy did release an album, but he's released three albums. Music is Better Than Words, that's the debut. Holiday for Swing, that's the one you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And his latest album, No One Ever Tells You, has earned McFarlane a Grammy Award nomination for Best Traditional Pop Vocal Album.
1: Yeah, it sounds crazy, but seriously, go look him up on YouTube. He's yeah.
0: got a it's, voice.
1: Yeah, he can sing. In fact, I kind of wish he had just stuck to that instead of, But um, it, it, it's kind of almost on the same level as, like, Michael Buble Blaze me. It's really weird. Like, mm-hmm.
0: he's,
1: he's, like, played at the symphony a few times. <laughs> kind of. But in, in any case, anyways, back to what you were saying, um... Yes, Brian can be funny at times. Brian can be very creepy at times too when it comes to his crush on Lois. So again, it depends it depends on the episode. It depends on what he's playing off of. It depends on so many different things.
0: So, right. I don't I don't think I'd have him top ten. Yeah. I I, I know. Where I think with Peter, you know, yeah, where I have him just like outside, I don't have Brian even close to a top 10. Because my thing is, as a fan of Family Guy, is it seems like his story is constantly changing. It's like, oh yeah. Like, we'll focus two months worth of Brian on him writing a novel. We'll focus two months on him, you know, with a crush on Lowe's. We'll focus two months on him falling in love with another woman. We'll focus two months, you know, on this, on that, on this, on that. And he's just all over the place. And then they killed him off. Right, which people got upset about. And then they brought him back.
1: I think they got upset about it mainly because they knew it was a ploy. Well,
0: whatever. I wasn't upset about it. I was like, okay, the character's dead. Let's move on with life. You know, people just won't let things go. All right, number six, Bart Simpson.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: I think he should have been higher, personally, but absolutely.
0: Um, no, I think six is a good
1: spot for him.
0: But, yeah, I...
1: on this list particularly, not in general.
0: No, I, I'm saying for this list. Yeah? I, I think Six is good. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, he was such a big icon of the 90s. And that's something, you know, like when you talk about, you know, all oh, the icons of the 90s, you know, just in general. I, and, and I only say this because I think he's, like, the character is still going. Yeah, Bart Simpson is not recognized that much and I think it should be recognized more. They
1: said that in later years the um, focus of the show has shifted and he's not as cool. And it also has a lot to do with some of the stuff that he does to kids these days wouldn't be considered, you know? Right. But, but yeah, but definitely he... I don't want to say defined a generation. No, no. But... (laughs) But, yeah, in the 90s, he was huge, like, at Butterfinger commercials, and, um...
0: Yeah, that was going for a long
1: time. Yeah, because I never really heard of... When I was a kid, I just associated Butterfingers with The Simpsons, because I don't even remember seeing a Butterfinger commercial before. Um, Maybe because I was real little when they started doing it, but certainly,
0: um... All I'm going to say, nobody better lay a finger on my Butterfinger.
1: Butterfinger. Yeah. Yeah. Bart was, I mean, Michael Jackson wrote a song for him.
0: (laughs) Whitty. So, there you go.
1: Yeah. That's pretty big. And The Simpsons hadn't even been on that long when he did that.
0: No. I mean, it was so huge. It's still popular
1: yeah, day. I mean they're they're still going strong and there's a few, you know, I'm sure you could argue for days on the end
0: about, you know, decline in quality and this and that. Oh, but he's still man. on the air. That, uh, that's another time. Yeah. For another but he's day. Still on the air
1: is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. he's still Bart and you know. <laughs> uh
0: all right. What are we at? Number five, Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Oh duh definitely the obvious I mean really now for this list I would have had him in the top three yeah because of where you said you know you were questioning if Bart Simpson you know defined a generation Mickey Mouse defined Um, not only the generation that he you know was started in but many generations I would have
1: had him in the top three. Of course, of course. And I mean, yeah, maybe the cartoons he stars in aren't popular anymore, but certainly if you saw a picture of him, you'd know
0: who he was. Mm-hmm. He better know who he was. He is, I would think, of all cartoon characters in the history of cartoons around the world, the single most recognizable cartoon character ever.
1: And I was just talking at work yesterday about the Muppets and thinking of, well, if they had never existed, just think of how many things wouldn't have existed if it weren't for them. Think of how many things wouldn't have existed if Mickey Mouse didn't catch on. Oh,
0: my gosh.
1: Like, it's insane to think of. Yeah.
0: It really is. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Number four, Scooby-Doo. Yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of Scooby-Doo, but I have no problem with him in the top ten.
1: Yeah, that's how I feel. Um, I kind of... Um, but he certainly is a very recognizable character. He's certainly a very well-known character. And yeah, put him up there.
0: Alright. Number three, Bugs Bunny. Of course. Oh my god, yeah. I, I, it would be the same with him and the Warner Brother cartoons. Yeah, would Warner Brother cartoons succeed without Bugs Bunny? Uh, there, I think, and, and there's the difference between him and Mickey Mouse. Where, if Mickey Mouse doesn't succeed, more than likely Disney does not succeed. Whereas, with Warner Brothers, if Bugs Bunny doesn't succeed, they still have other characters that are very popular. And mm-hmm. there's one on, on that I'm going to say a little bit later that did not make this list that I would have had on this list. So we'll yeah. we'll get into that. Number 2, Homer Simpson.
1: Okay, he definitely needs to be in the top 10. I'm not that's not that's not debatable at all. He definitely needs to be in the top 10 cuz Because they kind of shift between who's the more popular character, Bart or Homer, Mm -hmm. and yeah,
0: I would have had Homer number one. Yeah, if you're talking about TV alone, yeah, he's number one in my list. I mean, The Simpsons,
1: in terms of longevity, has broken so many records. It's like not even. Not even funny. Like, I think I'm trying to think of. There hasn't been a comedy it has been on the air as long.
0: That right. Long. It's one of the longest running shows in the history of television.
1: I. And Homer is just. <laughs> I can't even. In fact, if you had asked me to pick, like, my. The funniest Homer Simpson moment, I would be. Here There's all day. too many. It's just. Even if you narrowed it down by season, it, you would still be here all day. Oh my gosh! <laughs>
0: Barney's um, Barney's movie is sad and touching, but a football in the groin is a football in the groin. Yeah, he's. Oh my God, he's just um. And then the and then the always classic. I am so smart. SMRT. I yeah. am so smart. S M R T. Which we say in this house time to time. Yeah,
1: and plus, I mean. How else are you going to get through the snowstorm without Mr.
0: Plow? Exactly! Mr. Plow! Mr. Plow! Mr. Plow. What a, um, What a perfect theme for what's going on right now in our I respective know. locations. Watch. Yeah. Pow, pow, pow. It's Mr. Plow.
1: And whether you want to admit it or not, everybody's dad has a little Homer Simpson in him. Don't we all? Whether you want to admit it or, like, you will... If you marathon, because they did one where I think FX was it FX or FXX?
0: FXX. Had,
1: yeah, had gotten the rights to rerun the Simpsons, so they aired all the episodes of yep. Simpsons for like a two. <laughs> and um, if you had sat through that at some, point,
0: I I wouldn't. I I'm, I'm surprised, Danielle, that we never heard any news story of somebody <laughs> dying. After watching two straight weeks of The Simpsons nonstop, I attempted
1: to DVR all my favorite episodes from that. And I,
0: oh, man.
1: In, in any case, I highly recommend buying The Simpsons on DVD if you ever have the opportunity to do so.
0: I, I think, and I'm going to make this comparison, and some TV aficionados will probably say it's blasphemous, but I really don't care. The Simpsons, the show, is to animated TV what I Love Lucy was to prime time comedy. It's still popular after all these years, still talked about memorable lines, memorable phrases, memorable moments. That's yeah. that's that's pretty much what The Simpsons is.
1: It pretty much knocked the door off the hinges just a bit. I mean, there's other shows that have certainly pushed it even further, but of the um, certainly knocked the doors off the hinges, of the misconception that all animation is for children. Exactly. I mean, there, there are shows like certainly South Park has pushed it much further, but right and Family I, Guy. I and... remember when I was a kid in the 90s, I was allowed to watch The Simpsons because my parents saw it and thought, "Oh, it's a cartoon." <laughs>
0: Yeah, my mom stopped me from watching The Simpsons for a little while.
1: Yeah. In the 90s. But. They, yeah. Although, granted, the earlier seasons were a little more tamer. Oh, but I was, gosh. <laughs> I was allowed to watch it, though, when I was a kid because my parents saw it and thought, well, it's a cartoon. There's nothing wrong with watching a cartoon.
0: Huh. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And now for number one. Ugh. We we've had the last what would you say the last 5 we've had heavyweights? Yes. Yeah. Number 1. This was voted number 1. By and this the, is where I get this. By the people of this country, <sighs> votes counted from the Nielsen group for the Paley Center for Media. The number 1 TV animated funniest star of all time. Stewie Griffin. Mm-mm. 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 I like Stewie. He is funny. <laughs> My dad thinks he's funny. <laughs> but he is not number one. You, I, yeah. No. He's not number
1: one. You can't put all those people below Stewie. You can't. It just doesn't work. But he should be in the top ten. I'm not disputing that.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with you yeah. on that. I would agree with you on that. Yeah. But he's not, he's not number one. Uh, I, I... No. Sometimes he annoys the crap out of me, to be honest. Mommy! Mommy! Mom! Oh, mom! Mom! Mama! Mama! <sighs> mama! Mom! 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 mom. Oh, <laughs> and they played that clip in the special! Oh, which, which was great.
1: Yeah, uh, he... There's some stuff he says that has made me laugh. In fact, one of my favorite episodes of Family Guy actually revolves around him um, trying to teach this little girl. It's like a takeoff
0: of my fairly yeah, family. Yeah, yeah, I know the one you're talking
1: about. Yeah, that's one of my favorite. <laughs> but um, I remember my mother just happened to be channel surfing and caught one episode of Family Guy. It's another older one where. Um, Peter and
0: Lois decide they're going to have another baby. So yes! That's one of
1: the best ones! <laughs> so they're going to have another baby, so
0: Stewie somehow gets into his... I don't know how and he does this. He gets into Peter's body. And tries to, to stop the... Stop the process, if you will. And then, and then he uh, he meets up with Bertram, which would, would have been his brother. And then in the middle of Peter and Lois, uh, you know, about to get it on, they're both singing the song from an officer and a gentleman.
1: Because they realize, hey, we get along well. We're going to be, we can terrorize the, mm-hmm. so we can be brothers. So they start singing to try to get.
0: And then, and then Lois is like, I love you, Peter. And Peter's like, I love you, Louis Cassett Jr. That, that is funny. That's funny. It's
1: like an X-rated version of the magic school bus that
0: But, the, the, the one thing I will say that would be a positive for the character, Stewie is one of the few cartoon characters that I can think of that when he's in a dramatic situation... He's a good character. Yeah. He's not a comedy relief in those. And I think the best example would be... I think what people would probably say is the weirdest episode of Family Guy ever... Is the one where he and Brian get locked in the bank. Have you, have you ever seen that one? I remember hearing about it, but... And it's like... like there's one point towards the end where Brian tell stewie you know this is my gun i keep it in here in case i want to end it and that was such a serious dramatic moment you know yeah and it is talked about i think that's one of the most talked about episodes of family guy ever so it has its moments
1: yeah they um it can be um I never really thought of that, but yeah, that's, that's very true. Um, He, um, he may be kind of rude a lot and he may be, but there,
0: yeah. But I think we both can agree. He's not number one on our list. No.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, Yeah. Uh, All right. Now, who would you have put on, just in general.
1: That didn't make it on That was
0: list? not on this list. Hmm. Just in general.
1: Oh. I would probably have to put Doug on there.
0: See, I was thinking that, too, and I wasn't going to say it at first. But, yeah, I would have put him on there.
1: I mean, maybe not in the top ten. Oh, I no, no. Put- I'm
0: just saying in general on this
1: list. Yeah, I would have put Doug on there. I almost said Arnold from Hey Arnold,
0: but... Nah, if, I mean, I if, like the character, but I wouldn't have put him on
1: there. Or, or maybe Helga, I don't know, but Doug, I would have put Doug on there. I would have put would have put Tommy Pickles somewhere, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I would have put Tommy Pickles. Yeah. Yeah, I would have put... Ooh, what else was on? I, I have to think back now. Um, who hasn't been covered? Oh,
0: Alvin! Oh, yeah. Alvin and the Chipmunks. Of course. Yeah.
1: you got to put Alvin on there.
0: Oh, my gosh. I completely I, forgot.
1: i do not he's greater than The Simpsons or anything, but certainly, I mean, my God. I, I
0: completely you. forgot about him.
1: I mean, the, the movies have been crap. Exactly.
0: Yeah. I, I think that's why I forgot is because a lot of the attention now, as far as the Alvin and the Chipmunks product goes, is towards the movie. When for pretty much all of us... It was the cartoon.
1: I mean, that cartoon ran for seven years.
0: Oh my god, I, could, I can't. The believe cartoon I ran
1: about for that. seven years. The movie, which probably I don't think it did well in theaters, but it certainly uh, was vindicated. Let by me check. Yeah,
0: let me check. Uh, I can I could check for that real quick and. Yeah,
1: the movie I don't think, like I said, did that well when it was in theaters, but it certainly was vindicated by home video big time.
0: And Here it is. Chipmunk Adventure. It made $6.8 million at the box office. Oh, really? Well, good for them. That's, well, ain't that successful if you think about it, you know, for that time? Yeah, I didn't think it did that well, so good for them. It was, it's a good
1: movie. Um... You know, I, I I bag on what they do now, but The Chipmunk Adventure, that was a good movie. It, it might, the plot might seem kind of silly now, and, you know, I'm sure with all kinds of changes in air travel these days, I'm sure kids watching it now would be highly confused by it, but it's, you know, um, it, it was a good movie, and and the show they have on now is kind of a bit of a throwback to the original. There's still some stuff that kind of makes me roll well my eyes, but I think they did a good job of updating um, the original series. Okay. And um, and also they've gone through stages because the chipmunks that were around when my parents were kids were widely different from the ones that we had when we were kids. And my kids are probably going to be like, although if I have anything to do with it, this won't be the case. But um, <laughs> we'll probably be like watching the movie versions that are out now, and mm-hmm. that's their version. Right. So you know,
0: they've <laughs> evolved. Um, all right. For me, um, it's going to be a lot of Warner Brothers cartoons. But I, but there is one pair that I'm surprised was not on this list. Oh, yes. Tom and Jerry. Yes. I'm surprised they were not on this list. Oh yes. Cuz I mean, yeah, you know, we you know, we joke about the whole itchy and scratchy thing, but Tom and Jerry is the original violent cartoon. I mean, the fact that they're hitting each other with you know, shovels and pots and pans and plates, you know, I uh, sort of forget about that. Porky Pig is another one mm-hmm. I would have had on this list because, like, like I said earlier, if Bugs Bunny had not succeeded, I think Warner Brothers would have been all right. Porky Pig was the first star for the yeah. Warner Brother cartoons. He and he was. It's just Bugs Bunny became more popular and he overshadowed Porky and people forget that that Porky Porky Pig was the f- was the first one you know he was before Bugs Bunny like okay like here his first appearance was 1935 hmm. where for Bugs Bunny his first well his early version was 1938, but his official was 1940. Mm. So, right, right there, you know, just, yeah. just a point. Um, I would have also put, um, as as a pair, I would have put the Roadrunner and Wile E. Coyote on this list. Oh, definitely. Cause they never said a thing. In those cartoons, but you knew what the plot was. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Sylvester would have been another one. That's another pair, Sylvester and Tweety. Yes. That's another one I would have put on. I would have probably put Tom and Jerry higher than them, though. Oh, probably, yeah. And then just for, you know, for giggles, I would have put Foghorn Leghorn in the list. I actually just thought of a few more that were not in Warner Brothers, but certainly. Bring them on. um, Betty Boop. Oh, my God. Well, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Because there was a point where she was on TV.
1: Popeye.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. I grew up loving Popeye cartoons. And the
1: problem is, I think, is that they're like, well, we're kind of going with what's current now. And I said.
0: Yeah, the last 50 years, basically. Look.
1: Yeah, but Popeye had
0: was still around. It, it, been on televi- it was on television for a long
1: time. <laughs> I used to watch Popeye cartoons on TV all the time. They used to be I mean, the motion picture didn't do that well, but you know, once um but it was on cable for several years and I you know, um and there was even a brief attempt Uh, uh, um, revising Popeye in the late 80s with a cartoon series about him having a teenager Mm -hmm. which I've tried to desperately find so if anybody um, (laughs) but yeah um, I loved Popeye when I was a kid and um, so yeah there's tons of cartoons that I think and I'm not saying that the that any of the Fox shows didn't deserve to be on their list because there's so they didn't. many.
0: Yeah. There's so many. I mean, it would take forever, yeah. I think, to go through in our minds who we would have put, but Oh yes. Yes. I mean we, we, we only have the attention span for our audience for so long. So
1: I know, I know. It would take and then especially if you went into if you were only discussing television, if you were, if you branched it out and went to film, we'd really be here all day. Oh my God! Yeah.
0: Yeah. Plus, plus some of the listeners are probably recovering from the two-hour-plus episode of that wrestling show from this week. So. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but no, I mean this is a very interesting list, and I, I think this is one that's probably going to be discussed for a while, not only on the show but in the Facebook group in general.
1: I'm
0: um, sure so so, Ryan has a lot of oh I'm sure I'm sure a lot of people are gonna yeah. talk about this one yeah I mean I, I think with the exception of the review the two reviews we've done, this is probably the most discussed topic that we've had on this show in the almost one year that I can remember in the almost one year that we've done this Ah. so but it is what it is um unless you have any other oh oh, actually i do have one more i want to ask real sure. quick um many months ago uh the one of my movies for the month was greece right the live performance
1: Ugh.
0: is going to air january 31st and it's three hours on fox uh, the question to you, one, will you watch it? And two, will it succeed?
1: Yes, I'm going to watch it against my better judgment. <laughs> because, okay. First of all, I wondered, I was a little interested in seeing it because they're going to be sticking to the plot of the Broadway play, not the movie, which mm-hmm. I haven't seen the Broadway play. So
0: Yeah, I've never seen the Broadway play either.
1: So it's going to look a little... Um, I, 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 don't know all of the differences, but basically the Broadway play, the framing device is that they're at a high school reunion and they're remembering what happened to them in high school. So they're older when it starts. So I don't know if they're going to stick to that for the television performance, but that's essentially what it originally was. And it's a little grittier than the movie was. So I don't know how they're going to deal with that. I was... So I'm going to watch that because unlike most of these live musicals that um, the networks have been mounting, this is something I've been a huge fan of for years. So I definitely want to see it. Now, I recently heard that it's going to be shot in front of an audience.
0: Yeah, I just read that today. <laughs> I just read that today. Yeah, So I have That's going to be very interesting.
1: I think that's just an example of Fox trying to outdo NBC. They're like, well, NBC's going to shoot it live. We're going to shoot it live in front of an audience because we're Fox. Right. Yeah. So, but I'm going to watch it. Um, I did like, Julianne Huff certainly can dance and sing. So.
0: Um, well, I do have the cast in front of me.
1: Yes. So
0: if you, yes. if you want me to go through the cast.
1: Like, yeah, and I mean some of these people can genuinely sing, and so. there are going
0: to be some surprises on this for those who have not heard who's in the cast. So right, okay, but so I'll oh, go ahead. I
1: was going to just explain, but yeah, Julianne Hough, she was on Dancing with the Stars for several years, and she starred in the Footloose remake, which I have issues with. But I uh,
0: can I just say real quick, I caught like two minutes of that version. Of- <laughs> And they they were at the scene where they're at like the ball prom and they did a terrible cover of Almost Paradise. I just <laughs> I, I wanted to stab myself with a pencil. I'm like, yeah. No, you son of a bitch! Yeah, so she
1: but she can sing. She um briefly did a country album a few years back and she actually did a good job. So she can sing and dance. I will give her that.
0: Okay. Alright. Mm-hmm. Alright, let's get to, let's go through this cast. Okay. So, as you mentioned, Julianne Hoff is going to play Sandy. Aaron Tavit, I hope I pronounced that name right, yeah. is going to play Danny Zuko. Danny Zuko. Zuko. No, Zuko. Yeah, Zuko. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, he was, wow, I don't recognize any of his work. Oh, he was in the show Graceland, if that helps. Okay. Um, Vanessa Hudgens will be Rizzo. Mm-hmm. Carly Rae Jepsen will be Frenchie. Kiki Palmer will be Marty Maraschino. Keither Donahue will be Jan. Mm-hmm. Carlos Penavega will be Kanicki. So we'll be able to hear the line, You got a hickey from Kanicki. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like my card. Yeah, Andrew Call is Sunny. David Del Rio is Putsy. Jordan Fisher is Duty. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Anna Gasteyer as Principal McGee. Good. That's a good. That's a good one. That's a good. It uh, really is. Yes, I will give him that one. Eve Plump is Miss Murdoch.
1: Mario,
0: sh- oh, no, no, who is she? I've never. You know who Eve Plum is. Who? Jan Brady. See, I wouldn't know. I I wouldn't have known, really, to be honest. Yeah, Eve Plum's Jan Brady, but Mrs. Murdoch
1: doesn't
0: sing, so that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mario Lopez is Vince Fontaine. I can see that. L. Mclemore is Patty Simcox. Ooh. I think it's pronounced L. Let me just check.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is pronounced L. Okay. Oh, okay. I I I had to look up who she was because Patty Simcox was actually one of my
0: favorites. Oh, we're just gonna be lifelong friends.
1: I dressed up as Patty Simcox for ninth grade in ninth grade for um, movie character day at school. So and walked around saying, "Isn't it the most?" (laughs)
0: Noah Noah Robbins is Eugene. Mm. For those who don't remember, Eugene is the nerd in the movie. Oh, uh, poor kid. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think the character in the movie ended up having a pretty good career. <laughs> oh, yeah. The,
1: oh, yeah. The guy who played him in real life did have a good career yeah. and winds up starring in movie um, Bill Murray. Mm, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, Yvette Gonzalez-Nacer is Cha-Cha. Ugh. John Robert Hall is Tom Chisholm. Mm-hmm. Now, see, that that was the job, right?
1: That was the jock that Danny, um, Sandy to make Danny jealous. Right. Was, yeah, that's what I thought. He was what played by Lorenzo llamas in the original movie.
0: That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Sam Clark is Leo Balmudo. I don't know who that is. Boys to men will be the teen angel. And that is where I roll my eyes. <laughs> I don't know. How, and there's only like three members of the band now. Yeah, I, I really... It was four, now it's three.
1: I I don't want to hear. Uh, Beauty School Dropout is one of my favorite songs. Oh, so.
0: man. That's going to be oh. hilarious. Uh, yeah. Let's see, we also have Jessie J uh, does not say who she's playing. She sings a theme song, That's what I've read. So. Mm, okay. The group... <laughs> Dance, spelled D-N-C-E, will be Johnny Casino and the Gamblers. So I think we know which scene that is. Yes. Wendell Pierce is Coach Calhoun. Okay.
1: Uh, What was Uh, he? That name sounds familiar. So I'm looking this up real quick. Because I do recognize that name. And he is... Oh, Okay,
0: that's fine. <laughs> All right. The only person from the original movie, Didi Dee Khan, the original Frenchie, is in this. She plays Vi. Yes. Yeah. So that's cool. Wow. At least they got somebody from the movie.
1: In this. And it makes sense. Vi is the waitress at the.
0: Um... Oh, at the diner!
1: At the diner. Oh, that's perfect. That's perfect
0: casting. So
1: that actually makes sense.
0: Okay, I'm sure there are some of you saying Bill loses his man card, but I really don't care.
1: But yeah, (laughs) I use the waitress who Frenchie talks to right before she has the Yes!
0: Oh, now I remember. Yes. Oh, that's perfect casting. Yeah. Okay, uh, to wrap this up, Barry Pearl is Mr. Weaver. I don't know who he's. (laughs) And then... The last three are just casted as Ensemble, Harley J, Kayla Parker, and Anthony Rogers.
1: Well, Vanessa Hudgens, I'm totally on board with. That makes perfect
0: sense. Yeah, I think she's going to be a good Rizzo.
1: You know, because, I mean, she starred in High School Musical, which is basically like the, tw- the
0: um,
1: 2000s version. Of and
0: Green. you want to know what the scary thing is? Right. And I just saw an ad for this the other day. Yeah. This year's the 10 year anniversary of that
1: I know they just had the special on Oh my god And I never watched it thank goodness I was good at Never yeah. care about it When we were in college I, Me and my friend Kristen And I think some of our other friends I don't know Were huge huge fans And Bill always said if you bring that movie To any party that we have I'm leaving
0: Yep yep I did <laughs> I did <laughs> I most certainly did.
1: <laughs> so, needless to say.
0: I, and I still feel that way. <laughs> I yeah. still feel that way. You ever bring that... Even if you bring it in my house, I will leave my house.
1: <laughs> but, um, nonetheless. Uh, yeah, yeah, I... Oh, also, um, I'm not sure if you heard about this, but NBC has announced what they because NBC oh, yes. every year. Go ahead. So NBC's musical that they will be doing in this year for December is Hairspray. Well, I so, did I did see the Broadway show once, I have,
0: so that, yeah, they're
1: doing the, the version, the Broadway version, naturally. Because it, I'm not sure for those of you who aren't familiar. The original Hairspray was not a musical.
0: Right, it was a movie, I, and we've very... had this talk. Yeah. Yeah, we've had the talk because I told you that um, my my friend, my dear good friend Wiggly, was yeah. in the movie. Right.
1: Yes, you did mention that. Yes. I
0: have to. I have to see if he'd want to come on here and talk about that in the future. And he
1: was one of the kids in the um, in the at the. Um, on the dance show
0: no he was the reporter he was was the reporter at the fair
1: okay okay now i remember all right yeah i'd love to have him on because i grew up um loving that movie and i've listened to the commentary track with john waters on i don't know how many times so definitely if if anything i'd like to um just Chat with them in the group if he can't make it to record.
0: You know. Yeah, look at me. I know, I know a movie star. <laughs> very fast. Yeah. Cause I, I. Well, really I mean, hairspray is a Baltimore you know, thing, so.
1: Yeah, hairspray is a huge. That's why I refuse to see the remake.
0: So. Because. My only thing, is when they do casting, and I'm only going to say this because I saw him play this, on the Broadway version. Yes. I'd have Bruce Valanche as the mom. Okay. That's, I mean, if, if he's not, I won't be upset, but that's my only wish. I heard Harvey Firestein did a
1: great job. I've too. heard
0: that too, yeah.
1: Yeah. I, But I'm, I am curious to see who's going to play the mom, because as those of you who don't know, it is tradition for the mom to be played by an actor in
0: drag, that it carried over from the original movie is tradition. Now, I just thought of this real quick. Mm-hmm. What if Chris Farley was still alive? Do you think he oh, would have been in this? Yeah. I think he, I, I think he would have. He would have. That's what I'm saying. If only.
1: Um. In fact, someone else made a good point. This is kind of off topic. Um, If Chris Farley were still alive, Kevin James wouldn't have been the one in the grown ups movies. That probably would
0: have been Chris Farley. Oh my god, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my freaking God! Why did you break that lamp?
1: Yeah, that because they're like all the other people in the movies were from the nineties cast of SNL, so they certainly would have But alas, what could have been. I know. And they're also doing a live musical version of
0: the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, I, okay, I have heard that, and I think I heard Tim Curry's the narrator. Yes,
1: that—that's basically. I think it's a move to get all the people who are fans of the original and pissed off
0: that they're doing a live version. <laughs> I, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big. I mean, like, I like I've never seen the whole movie, but oh, really? I, I'm fine with that.
1: Okay, I mean. I've seen the movie a few times. Um, If you definitely around Halloween, I don't know if VH1 still airs it around Halloween, but there was a time when every Halloween aired it. And um, I've certainly seen it. The
0: only time Susan Sarandon ever looked sexy is in this movie. Wow. That's a bold statement from me. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, So, okay. And I'm just reading the cast now um
0: anybody we know
1: it's supposed to air well it'll be airing on fox in fall this fall um ryan mccarton let me look up his name real quick because the name sounds very familiar um okay i don't know those of you disney fans <laughs> um there's a show called live and maddie and ryan mccarton stars on it as Um, I think one of the boyfriends of the, in fact, he's dating the actress in real life actually, um, Liv and Maddie, and, um, he's going to be playing Brad in this. Victoria Justice, who starred on a show on Nickelodeon called Victorious for, um, a good while, is going to be playing Janet. All right.
0: Um,
1: and Adam Lambert will be playing Eddie. I think I think Eddie was that meatloaf Swirl in the original. I believe
0: I don't remember. I, think, I, think, I I mean, I know meatloaf was in the movie. I just don't yeah, remember.
1: I think if I'm not mistaken. yes. Okay, yes. Adam Lambert is going to be playing the part Eddie. Um, meatloaf played, and um, and then it said, um, tr- oh yes, transgender actress um, Laverne Cox. Who I'm sure I'm sure lots of people know from Orange Is the New Black will be playing Dr. Frank So um, I have mixed feelings because I don't know. I just feel like it's something that shouldn't be remade in the first place. And then the guy who's gonna, who is responsible for High School Musical will be choreographing, directing, and executive producing it.
0: Mm.
1: Kenny Ortega. So, but he's also responsible for. Um, I think he, i could have sworn he did the food maybe he, oh yes he choreographed um ferris bueller's day off dirty dancing and pretty in pink and a few other movies so he he does know his stuff
0: but yeah. well, all right all right well why don't we get into our uh selections for our movie and album of the month um who would wanna do the movie first?
1: I'm I have my movie. I'm still working I just have to pull. Well if off. you do
0: if you do the movie first then it'll give you time to pick an album.
1: Sure. Alright. Well right ahead. um I was having trouble coming up with the movie at first until Bill informed me that our theme was cartoons, so it just certainly, um so I this kind of fit in very well with it. But Um, I, I'm kind of leery with live action adaptations of things. Um, I feel like some of them don't stay true to the original. I feel some of them are lazy and mainly human focused adaptations. I'm looking at you smurfs, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but then there are some that practically nail the spirit of the cartoon, get the casting almost dead on hit and it's like, to the point where it's just like watching an extended episode of the cartoon. And the film that I feel does this across the board is The Flintstones. Mm. The 1994 motion picture okay. of The Flintstones. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people are leery, ooh, and they're also probably leery because they've seen the, the prequel, Flintstones Go to the Rock Vegas, which I actually like. Some people
0: feel differently never yeah, like seen it really... never seen yeah. the prequel
1: the prequel it, it, it's if you ignore the fact that they don't have the original cast members back it, it's not that bad. yeah i've seen worse <laughs> hmm. but um but anyways um the flintstones movie john goodman is like dead on as fred flintstone it's just eerie um and um yeah, Rick Mariano is kind of a weird Barney, but he tries he, his best. He he tried, and um, and Rosie O'Donnell, yeah, she looks nothing like Betty, but she got the voice. <laughs> yeah, she did. They, in fact, they said that was part of the reason why she was cast. that way is because she could do the laugh. So, um, but it's a good it's um, motion, and, and there are some things in the cartoon that if you are a huge stick um, Stickler for continuity, as I am, that are told differently in the movie, but uh, mainly how the Rubbles got Bam Bam is told differently. I, I, I like the cartoon's version better, but it's still, you know, <laughs> um, and it, if you ever get a chance, go, it's, uh, you can go to FYE or any store and find it, but it's the Flintstones 1994 motion picture. Starring John Goodman, Elizabeth Perkins, who was was in, I know she did, other than Big, I'm trying to think of what else she did. Um, Rosie O'Donnell with Moranis. um, And Elizabeth Taylor. Yes, and Elizabeth Taylor. That was the first movie when I was a kid I knew Elizabeth Taylor from, which is kind of sad, but Elizabeth Taylor, please, Fred's mother-in-law. Yes, it's one of those what-the-hell casting moments. If you want it even worse, though, Joan Collins plays her in the prequels. So.
0: Oh. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. If you want to get weirder, and she has an extended role in it. The 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 um the Flintstones, the first one, Elizabeth Taylor's in like maybe two or three scenes, but the um but the prequel, Joan Collins has a bigger part, and it's kind of weird to see Joan Collins wearing like, a cave dress, but. That's a good job. So and um but the Flintstones nineteen ninety four was made with the, you know, creators of the original show, stayed true to a lot of stuff in the original show. Um doesn't have the Great kazoo in it. The prequel does though,
0: so, just a heads up. Um and yeah, so I'll see it.
1: It's
0: good. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, my movie for the month and I honestly did not think of what it would be until actually while we were recording this. So that shows you how bad I am or how tough of a time I had. Um, You know, uh, Brian Bedford, like I mentioned earlier, he was the voice of Robin Hood in the Disney animated movie. And that's one of my favorite Disney movies of all time. So for my movie of the month, I'm going to go with... Robin Hood from 1973. Uh, this is one of the first... I I might be wrong if I say that this is the first Disney animated movie where it is an all-animal cast. I might be wrong on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have such a good like cast. Uh, besides Brian Bedford, you have Phil Harris, who... was in Jungle Book, was in The Aristocats. Uh, Peter Ustinov, who, you know, he can be a serious actor, but he can also be a good comedy actor, Uh, was Prince John. You have Roger Miller, the country singer, as the narrator. Um, It's a very good movie. And yeah, every version of Robin Hood is going to be told differently. And I thought this one, for focused at kids, told a good story, told a good story. Um plus it has one of my all time favorite Disney songs, not in Nottingham, which some people might say is one of the saddest songs ever, but it is really good. Um it's about an hour and a half, but it's good. It's a little bit after Disney's death. Um but I enjoy it. I think it's a really good movie. Yeah. So, uh, now we go from our movie to our album of the month, and I, I will go first. This one I thought of right away, right away as, you know, getting ready, you know, a couple days, couple weeks ahead of time. And, again, this is going to honor uh, one of the people that passed away while we were gone, um, and I am going to go with the first Motorhead album I ever bought with my own money, and that is Ace of Spades. It It's the album that pretty much took Lemmy and Motorhead to the next level as far as popularity goes. Um, they have, obviously, the title track, Ace of Spades. Um, there are also some other good songs, like... We Are the Road Crew, Live to Win, Fire Fire, uh, The Chase is Better Than the Catch. And then, of course, um, they have two songs which are baby-making music to Love Me Like a Reptile and Fast and Loose. Uh, but they also have a couple of bonus tracks on here, and one of them is a really good song called Please Don't Touch. It's Motorhead with this band called Girl School. And it is an all girl band, and it is a really good record. And I I think if if you're interested, if you want to get, like, if you want to know, like, where to start off as far as Motorhead goes, if you're interested in Motorhead, I'd recommend this album as the starting point for the band. It's a very good album, and then you can go wherever you want from there.
1: Okay. All right. Mine is at the really opposite end of the spectrum <laughs> um, also going, like I said, with the theme of cartoons. Um, well, I'll just come right and say it. Um, Bill and I, like I said, we were talking about how iconic the Simpsons was for its generation. And I don't know if a lot of you know this, but they put out several albums, um, Featuring music from the show, they also did an original album called *Simpsons Sing the Blues*, mm-hmm. which, if you ever get a chance to listen to it, at first I thought it was a joke, and then I—it's it. actually very good. Sadly, this isn't my—that wasn't my pick, but on um, the one I picked is "Songs in the Key of Springfield."
0: Oh, I have that one.
1: Yeah, it didn't do that well commercially, <laughs> but if you want a chance to get like. And it's tough because the show, Ramp, is still running. But if you want to get like a good sampling of some of the music from the show that they've sang in a few episodes here and there, that's probably one of the best albums to start with, is Songs in the Key of Springfield. There's later ones that cover more songs, and because they've had so many musical moments over the years. It's hard to really compile them all into one album, because there's just... I mean, this album right now has 39 tracks on it, so but um songs in the key of springfield has some of my um among my favorites who needs the quickie mart yep um the monorail song uh, Mar- from the episode Marge versus the monorail i mean mm-hmm. that kona O'Brien helped write that episode and has performed the song in public recently as part of a tribute to i think one of the writers who did it um there is two th- dozen and one greyhounds that um, episode. See my vest. Yep. Um, there's the flaming Moe song. There's uh,
0: baby on board from Homer's barbershop quartet. We do the the song from the stone cutters. Yes.
1: Yes. Um, Inagata DeVita from the yes. barbers sells so and soul episode. Yes.
0: Remember when we used to make out to this song? About this
1: is it's not just the song. They have the dialogue leading up to the song, so you kind of even because half the time the songs are responses to jokes. So you get the dialogue, then you get the song. So it kind of like in like the Inagata Davida song is funny on its own, but then you hear the jokes of. Remember when we used to make out to this, this hymn. Hymn. <laughs> it, it, It's 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 good. And then um, Michael Jackson singing "Happy Birthday to Lisa," and um, so it's it's a lot. It's it's very good. Um, I think jumping off point. You know, there. You know, as you go on, there's they had two other albums called "Go Simpsonic" with the Simpsons and the Testify album, which um, later episodes. So I would keep going and buying more. Um, but this album right here covers a lot of classic Simpsons um material. And um so anything on the Simpsons that was a musical moment up to nineteen ninety-six is album. So.
0: Very good. Go get it. <laughs> All right. Uh next month. Uh it's gonna be a mix for next month. Mm. Because Danielle, myself, and if I can get him a possible special guest, we are going to review another DTV special. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to find the link uh, probably once all the snow is gone. Uh um, And I'll send it to you and to our guest if he's going to do it. I think he will do it. And we'll review that. Because you know that fake holiday in February, you know that.
1: Single Awareness
0: Day. <laughs> or what was it, National Condom Day?
1: Yes, at the college. Yes. Week. National Condom. We Day will save. Day.
0: We will save that one for next month. Yes, but <laughs> um, it. <is. laughs> and then we're also going to do another Nostalgia Crew top five, and I could tell you guys what the top 5 is now and i'm going to i'm going to create i'm going to go through this i'm going to do my research it is going to be the top 5 disney songs that were nominated for an oscar that did not win ooh that's going to be a good one that's going to be a good conversation there and who knows what else we'll talk about in that time frame. And, of course, I'll post a link to our group in the description box, so if you want to join, you can most certainly join and have fun talking about all things nostalgia. And I do want to mention real quick, uh, also this weekend uh, is the second episode of the new podcast, Untitled Movie Project, where um, I will watch any movie... That you guys like. Sometimes I I do take requests. So and Daniel, I think I invited you into the group. Yeah, yes, a minute. So put in your requests. I will watch them. It's sort of Mystery Science Theater three thousand like, but instead of bad movies, it's the movies you like. So and
1: you rip on them.
0: Yes, and I'm gonna. That'll be up at some point. Hopefully, if I don't lose power, knock on wood, this weekend. I just, um, our friend Ted just put in a really funny request. So I'm yep, keeping... and, and I got it. It's going it, to, that one will probably be in February.
1: Okay, because so. I'm going to see that.
0: <laughs> well, that's going to do it for us for this month. Uh, it's currently snowing at the moment. So, we will talk to you guys again next month um stay warm if you are in the area of this big snowstorm for danielle i'm bill this has been nostalgia crew and we'll talk to you guys next month